the only talk radio afternoon drive show that makes sense beyond the headline with Aldrin Simpia right here on SAFM it is 11 minutes after 5 o'clock coming up on the show in this hour at around 20 past 5 we speak to Koli Lenjangase who is a language practitioner specializing on uh, specializing in onomastics which is the science of naming as we look into what goes into naming a child um, so according to report by um, the department of home affairs as birth registration over 912,000 babies were born in the past year um, and according to the data the most popular names um, that have come up is Litabo as well as Lubanzi. These are now for boys, Litabo, Lubanzi, and Melokule. And the most popular names for girls were Unaliruna, Melokule, as well as Lisa Kanya. So those are some of the popular names that have come out. I wonder, do you know what went into um, deciding what your name is going to be? Have you ever had that conversation um, with your parents about where your name originates from and how they came to decide that this is the name that we're going to give you? You can give us a call on 086-000-2032 and a voice note on 0614-104-107 and an X at Aldrin Saint-Pierre. But we're going to start off the conversation now with Leon Lowe, a CEO of Izwe Lama Freedom Foundation, um, looking at businesses that have closed down. According to Stats SA, over 1,500 businesses have closed their doors in 2023, while the percentage of businesses who entered liquidation decreased in the last quarter by 11.6% year-on-year. Businesses in the personal services as well as catering accommodation sectors were amongst the hardest hit. Given the challenges businesses face in the country, the closure of these businesses will not only impact on jobs, but also the service that communities can access. We speak to Leon Lowe, who is the CEO of Izwe Lama Freedom Foundation. Leon, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Good afternoon, Eldrin, and it's uh, my pleasure to be with you and the listeners. Thank you so much for making time. According to the stats that have been released by Status A, does it give any reasons behind these closures that we've seen? And of course, as it says, that the last quarter was 11.6 year on year, um, which is actually a decrease. Yes, Status A doesn't give reasons, uh, and it's quite correct not to do that. It just provides the data. And its data shows, of course, that there have been many closures, but on balance, the rate of closures has declined. And, you know, your your program is behind the headline, so let's look behind it quickly, uh, that there has been a slow decline of liquidations and solvencies in the long term. So uh, it is very serious. There are many, many unemployed people, destitute people, struggling businesses, of course, people who put their lives into their little business and lose everything. Uh, 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 That's the bad side, and we can't hide from that, and uh, our compassion needs to be with us. Uh, But on the good side is that there there have been more registrations of new businesses by far than liquidations, and the liquidations are declining slowly over time. So that's a bit of I wouldn't say good news, but let's just be realistic. Uh, And having said that, I live my life in the world of the impoverished, the destitute, the poor, the people in shanty towns and checks. And uh, so I see that side of life and it bothers me much. And I would like to see a massive improvement 
in the survival rates and the quality of life and the quality of business of people at the bottom end. Uh, people at the top end are also important, of course, because apart from investors losing money, there are people, employees who lose jobs. And of course, they have all big businesses, they have a lot of small businesses around them doing catering and security and maintenance and so on. So uh, it's everyone who suffers as a result of bad economic conditions for whom we should all care. And I know you personally do, Aldrin, through your charitable work. Thank you so much, Leon. But also, though, on this question about the number of businesses that are being registered, outnumbering the number of businesses that are being liquidated, is are we able, though, to quantify their contribution to to GDP? Because sometimes you find that um, someone would open a business, uh, but then the business lies there dormant, and they'd probably do um, a service here or there, a service here or there. And once we speak about the rate of liquidation, they'll also be included in the rate of liquidation. That is if the company is liquidated. However, though, the contribution um, to GDP um, is probably minimal. Yes, uh, this, this has been a passion of my life for the last 30 or 40 years, for which I've been very closely associated with NAFCOC, the African Federated Chamber of Businesses, which is the biggest business organization in South Africa. ICHIB, the African Chamber of Hawkers and Informal Businesses, which is the the survivalist level, the lowest level of small and medium businesses. And these people, yes, they are uh, a very small individually, each one, uh, but given that they're probably in the order of 4 million people, or you know, even more, uh, a big percentage of all South Africans, and this is where they have been flocking as the uh, effect of the COVID lockdown and the effect of the economic stagnation uh, into this informal sector. So individually, their contributions are small, but jointly, collectively, it's probably something like nobody knows exactly, uh, but it's probably between 4 and 8%, let's call it 5%, uh, and that's not 5% of the economy. We must understand that's 5% in addition to the economy. In other words, Stats SA and the Reserve Bank understate the size of the economy by you know up to even 10%. So it's a big percentage. That's a lot of money. We're talking about uh, six, seven hundred and fifty billion. Uh, if if you include uh, the informal or informal or unrecorded transactions higher up, then you're looking at perhaps a trillion rand. Uh, and then now we're talking about you know half the annual budget or a third of the annual budget. So it's big. It's big. Although the individuals, as you know, the, the, the wonderful old lady sitting under the tree who the Joburg and other municipalities chase with dogs and horses and clubs and, and steal their goods, it's, it's horrible the way they are treated. Uh, but these harmless, peaceful people trying to earn a living, struggling and battling, and what do we get? We get the government attacking them. I, you know, it's like I thought I'd seen the end of that when apartheid went. Uh, and I can't believe it's still with us now. And they are overwhelmingly, I must say, firstly, black people. It is very rare to see a white informal business being attacked or chased. And more importantly, women. So it's women who are attacked. Men are often just avoided or bypassed. Literally sitting at a taxi rank or in the streets of a city, 
the, it's, it's overwhelmingly the, the inhumanity, the cruelty that is inflicted on uh, women, especially elderly women, is beyond belief. But yeah. there it is. These are important people. They are peaceful. They're earning a living. They're not committing crime. They should get everybody's sympathy and support. Instead, they get attacked. Yeah. Just quickly, in conclusion, Leon, um, the number of small businesses, especially that are shutting down. A lot of the time, when we have conversations about small business, we speak about um, we speak about the um, the seed capital or just access to capital and then access to market, but not necessarily about the um, the type of business acumen that is actually required from a leader of a, a small business, as an entrepreneur, what it is that you need. So speaking more about the personal skills that are required and how to inculcate those personal skills that are required to succeed in business. Yes, you raise a lot of issues in the last minute, but let me touch on that. It's very important that they get mentoring and support and information they do sometimes from banks and others uh, but also that we must understand they are shackled by red tape they have to register they basically let's put it so that everyone understands when you drive past what we call a black area the township or a settlement Kailitsha, Soweto, Alex Township whatever everything you see there near, nearly a hundred percent is unlawful it's criminalized they don't have zoning and they don't have licenses and they don't have, uh, they, they have illegal microfinance. In other words, they're paying above the regulated rates. They're paying under the regulated rates of employment, which is good because at least people have a job, which is something. So, so this world that you see, and then when you drive past Santon or uh, Constantia or somewhere, 100% is lawful. When you drive past Alex, one mile away, 100% is unlawful. Now, you'd have thought this would have died with apartheid, but a generation later, black South Africans are still living in the shadow, underground, criminalized economy. It should be deregulated. Every president since Mbeki has promised in every state of the nation address to remove red tape and shackles, especially on small business, and what do they do while they're giving their side of the nation? In Parliament are laws that do the opposite. And then if I may say you expect the Competition Commission would be on the side of the small business. Now it's the opposite. If small businesses, the only way they can compete is to cooperate, collaborate, to form joint ventures. And the Competition Commission calls that collusion. So when they could cooperate to sell their chickens or their eggs or their fruit or whatever, uh, the Competition Commission comes along and protects big business by banning small business. So it, it, is, it is astounding. And what we need, and I'm going to close with this, uh, if you'll give me one, a few more seconds, that the, the first minister of small business, she came up with a draft small business manifesto and that every government official, every lawmaker needed to support this. But more importantly, the idea of a small business impact assessment, every measure that goes through parliament, a province, a city council, should be accompanied by a small business impact assessment. And then you would find that the small business sector would flourish and boom and contribute to the GDP what you would like it to do, uh, as you've indicated. Thank you so much for your time. That is Leon Lowe, who is the CEO of Israel Lama Freedom Foundation.